ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. To come here on a big stage, Las Vegas, city that never sleeps. <laughs> Very happy, mate. We'll be sleeping, don't you worry? We're prepared. We're getting prepared. No distractions. That's Latrell Mitchell speaking before the Rabbitohs season opener in Vegas. Four NRL teams in the city that never sleeps. What could go wrong? We preview the first two matches of the season, plus speak to one of the stars of the Indigenous Cricket Championships, which wrapped in Alice Springs this week. I'm Poppy Penny, and this is ABC Sport Daily. In case you've been under a sporting rock recently, the NRL has taken four teams to Vegas to kick off the 2024 season. Zach Bailey is an NRL reporter with Channel 9 and he's in Vegas soaking it all in. Firstly, Zach, why is the NRL in Vegas in the first place? Well, it's a great question, but I'm happy to answer it because I am here amongst it all at the launch right now. Basically, one, it's to expand the game and get more eyeballs on the game. Peter Volandis, we know... He wants to make movement around the world, not just in Australia and New Zealand and in the UK in terms of going the gay. He wants to take it to America. It's the big market for rugby league over here. But the, the, the other, or, and I guess the serious element of it is, is to make money out of this exercise. The NRL want to basically get a betting agency to buy in and let Americans bet on the game and then the NRL will take commission out of that, which if it does happen, will be a huge windfall for the NRL. Uh, in, in their eyes, this isn't a one-hit wonder. They want to do this ongoing, four or five years minimum, and then beyond that, they want to keep, you know, give every team a shot here, get all the fans over here, and continue it. So I, I can just tell you right now, it's it's a fascinating experience to think that right now there's rugby league signs everywhere, the stadium, all outside, there's rugby league, uh, you know, on the big screens, um, and it's, it's hard to get your head around it. Like you know, such a small game you know, in our own backyard, he's over here making, I guess, little waves in America. The first match sees the Sea Eagles take on the Bunnies in this Vegas experiment in what will be the big, biggest match in Vegas since the Super Bowl. Both sides missed the finals last year. How hot do you think this contest will be, Zach? Yeah, well, it's it's, it's, it's a really interesting one because, obviously, Anthony Seabold last year took over Manly. There was a lot of hype around them. Uh, Tom Trebojevic, sadly, was injured for a lot of the year and, I guess it's obvious one, but he is key to them. And so too is the left. Both tries have come out this way. Oh, Trebojevic! The little sideways stutter move over for his second try. In terms of the Bunnies, uh, their forward pack is elite. And Anthony Seabold said yesterday that this battle is going to be won through the middle. So if you look at both teams, Manly's probably stronger out wide and through the halves. Luke Brooks and Daly Terry Evans combining for the first time, which is really, really exciting. A, a, a fit Tom Trevojevic is great. But then the Bunnies, you know, they're big men up front. Uh, up front. Junior Totola on the edge. Keon Kalomatungi, Cam Murray, Australian player. Damian Cook, the hooker. Dummy Delias goes on his own. He's got three. Untouched. Damian Cook. Scores his third try of the afternoon for the Bunnies. So it's going to be a really interesting battle, this one. Both teams, as you said, plenty to play for, especially the Bunnies after the way they fell away back in the 2023. The second match sees last year's grand finalists, the Broncos, up against the Roosters. The Broncos will be looking to exercise some of those demons from that loss against Penrith in last year's decider. And the Roosters will want to improve on their 2023. Who wins this and why? Oh, that's a very good question. Uh, Firstly... No doubt there is going to be a lot of motivation there for the Broncos. They'll hope to use that as fuel. Uh, but one thing, you, you just never know how many mental scars 
are left from, you know, or the hangover from losing a grand final like they did in the fashion where they looked like with 20 minutes to go they were going to win it. Brisbane plays and collapsed. How did that get away? So they've lost Tom Flegler, they've lost Herbie Farmworth, but on top of that, let's see how they respond from the grand final loss. They've still got a really good side and they've got a guy named Reese Walsh who's probably the most exciting player in the game right now. Reynolds to Walsh. Reese Walsh slices through. Reese Walsh. When you look at the Roosters, the fact that Angus Crichton, who is a former rep player of high standard, can't even make their 17 at the moment, that is staggering. Any other of these three teams playing over here would, you know, he, he'd be a starter. Straight up the middle. Radley's there, Teddy's run away from him, he beat Holmes, he got it to Crichton! That's out of this world! The Roosters are absolutely stacked, inconsistent last year. Uh, I've tipped the Broncos purely because I think someone like Reese Walsh uh, will light up Allegiant Stadium, uh, but the Roosters, in terms of their roster, they are absolutely stacked. Zach Bailey, regardless of who wins and who loses, it's going to be a whole lot of fun in Vegas. Have a really great time. Thanks so much for joining us today. No, I'll do my best. But no, I can't wait to see uh, the rugby, rugby league stars over here in action. The Indigenous Cricket Championships wrapped up in Alice Springs this week. The men's final saw Western Australia end the four-year reign of New South Wales, catching their total of 151 in just 16.3 overs. Better news for New South Wales in the women's final, though, as they overcame Queensland. They kept them to just 79 runs in their 20 overs while they were at it. Very impressive. Damini Chohan top scored in that women's final, 63 off 51 balls, in fact. And Damini, you had a seriously good week. Player of the series, player of the finals, most wickets and most runs. Did you also happen to have the most fun? How did you enjoy the cricket? Oh, I had so much fun with the girls. Um, I think my cricket definitely came from the way that I performed, from the fun that I had with the girls. I love going away with these group of girls every year. But yeah, definitely, I think the fun is what topped my cricket off. I want to talk about how you got into cricket. It was almost destiny for you. Can you tell me how your parents met and why that might have influenced your cricketing? Yeah, well, weird story, but they actually met at a um, cricket cricket ground. Um, Dad was playing in a grand final and my auntie was going to watch her fiancé and mum happened to go up. And then they ended up winning the grand final. Dad got player of the final and then ended up at a bar. And then, yeah, that's how they met. So, yeah, pretty interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And then here you are following that up with player of the final performance yourself. Yeah, well, yeah, interesting, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It Runs in the family. I want to talk more broadly about the series. Of course, the cricket is really important, but it's about more than that. Can you tell me about the cultural side of this tournament and how important that is? I think um, going away to Alice Springs just sums it up. Going away, the the centre of um, Australia, the culture is so big still. The language, everything is so big still there. So I think going away to play a sport that we love um, is awesome, being able to play that, but also the whole cultural side around it. I think that's what the majority of us go for. Uh, being able to come up here and immerse yourself with other like-minded people through cricket and learn about culture and be immersed in it is something really special and different to what you get at other cricket tournaments. Um, being able to all get together um, and be one family, like that's just 
that just tops it off. That the whole cricket is just something else that just adds an extra element to it. Do you manage to catch up with the girls from other states and things like that and share culture between all the teams? We well we do, yeah. Like we the um the start of this year we had an opening ceremony. Um we went to the desert um the desert park out there and um we had them speak about the culture of Alice Springs um and learn a lot um from the lady there speaking about it. But they're all very including, you know, like just because you your mob is from somewhere it doesn't mean that you're not included somewhere else. But yeah, we were all able to get there together, be in the same room and understand each other's story, which was awesome. The other cool thing about this is we get to unearth incredible cricket talent like yourself. Do you think that tournaments like this is the key to seeing more Indigenous cricketers playing at the top levels? Because it feels like we don't have that many playing for Australia. A hundred percent. It's definitely these grassroots programs that really help develop us as cricketers. But I do think that the next Ash Gardner, the next Scott Boland, he's already developed. Like these are just an extra element added to it, as well as the Sydney Thunder and Sydney Sixers Indigenous program that they have, um, which ran down in Bomaderry this year, um, exposing, I guess, people from um, rural com- communities um, into the sport of cricket and, I guess, exposing Indigenous culture through that and allowing, I guess, all these kids to see that we can play sport and embrace our culture at the same time. Do you hope to end up playing for Australia one day? That was always the dream. It definitely was always the dream and silly's a dream. Um, But, yeah, just going to take each game as it comes and see what happens from there. Well, judging by a performance in this tournament, I hope for your sake it's not too far away. Darmini Chohan, thanks so much for your time. Perfect. Thank you so much. Soundbites. Red Bull boss Christian Horner has spoken at the Bahrain Grand Prix after an internal investigation cleared him of any wrongdoing. In case you missed it, Horner was under investigation after a complaint was made by a female employee about his conduct in the workplace. Look, I'm just uh, pleased that the process is over. I obviously can't comment about it, but uh, you know, we're here very much to focus now on on the Grand Prix and the season ahead and trying to defend both of our titles. Yeah, you think that is, you hopeful it's the end of the matter? Well, look, I, I can't give you any further comment, but, uh, um, you know, the process has been conducted and, and concluded and, uh, yeah. A real saying lots without saying much moment. The Matildas, of course, have qualified for the Olympics and to celebrate, they wheeled out their greatest asset in the post-match press conference. Of course, I'm talking about Harper Gori, the unofficial mascot of the Matildas. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, Harps. It's Lani's turn. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, you can have it. Come on, let's go. Bye, Harps. Bye. Bye. Sorry, I'm not as cute as her. (laughs) I'd like to request her presence at all press conferences moving forward. And speaking of press conferences, as a journalist, there is one golden rule. Put your phone on silent, especially if Usman Khawaja is around. Is that your phone? Yeah. So professional. That's this. Call. Call. (laughs) Call. Uh. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> That's Cole Hitchcock, our media manager, Cook Australia. Just. <laughs> and let that be a lesson to us all. 
I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Joel Cassam. Thanks to Fox Sports, Channel 9 and Sky Sports for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.